What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joe May Larry. So in today's episode, we're going to give you an update on the Damian Lillard and James Harden trade rumors. It's been a while since I've talked about these two players. I'm actually going to give some new trade packages for both of these players that I just made for fun over the last week or so. I've had this episode ready to go probably for about a week now, but never really got to record, unfortunately, since I had a really busy last week with baseball, between playing baseball, coaching baseball, and then playing softball. I had a very busy last week. A lot of playoff games over the last week between coaching baseball and then playing softball. So last Monday night, I had my last Yawkey regular season baseball game. I pitched in that. And then Tuesday, I had a playoff softball game in the Quincy Men's Softball League for Stellwagen. Wednesday, I had the play-in game for the Yawkey League. Went to that game to watch my cousin pitch. And then Thursday... I was coaching for Southie Senior Babe Ruth, had a tough loss to Dorchester in Game 3 of the Best of 3 Series in Dorchester, and then on Friday, I had another playoff game in Quincy for softball. We ended up winning that game, but then ended up losing in a tough one on Monday night. But I've had a busy last week or so of playoff games, so I never really got to record this episode, but here we are now. The trade packages are still good, even though obviously it's been a week since I've made them. They're all still relevant, so I'm going to give you guys a breakdown of some trades, some that I did just for fun, and then some that I think could be legit. So we'll start off with one trade that I had James Harden going elsewhere, and it's not the Los Angeles Clippers like I hope. I just made this trade for fun between the Chicago Bulls and the Philadelphia 76s. I have the Bulls getting James Harden in this deal, along with P.J. Tucker and a second-round pick in 2027 and a 2028 first-round pick in exchange for Zach Levine and Javon Carter. So Harden, Tucker, a second and a first to the Bulls in exchange for Levine and Javon Carter. If you look at James Harden and P.J. Tucker's money together, that's $46.4 million. The Sixes would be trading... Harden and Tucker, $46.4 million between those two players. And then they'd be getting back in return Zach Levine and Javon Carter, who combined for $46.7 million. So the money is very close there, $46.4 going to the Bulls with Harden and Tucker. And then $46.7 million going to the Sixes with Zach Levine and Javon Carter. So that trade I just made for fun there. Even though I think Harden will end up being on the Clippers at some point, he still is a sixer right now, they could ultimately decide that they want to get the best package for Harden. But we'll see what happens there. I would love to see James Harden, though, in a Clippers uniform. So there's another trade package I made between the Miami Heat and the Portland Trailblazers. And here's an update on the Damian Lillard situation. Still no progress on a Damian Lillard trade to Miami. They're looking right now probably for a third team to make the money work. The Heat's main package is centered around Nikola Jovic and Tyler Hero. But according to reports about a week or so ago now that the Portland Trailblazers would prefer Hami Haquez in a trade over Nikola Jovic. So we'll see what happens there and, and if Miami actually wants to send Hami Haquez who they just drafted in this year's draft to Portland. If you look at where Portland currently stands though, they're in a complete rebuild, especially if Damian Lillard leaves. Even though they have a nice young core of players there and they just paid Jeremy Grant a boatload of money, they're going to have a nice young core there of players. So they're just looking for a young player to build around even more on that team, and they even want more draft picks as well. They're just rebuilding, trying to stack up on young talent. So it makes sense that they want either Hami Hakez or Nikola Jovic. I think Tyler Hero would be a great addition for them, but it seems like Portland isn't really that interested in Tyler Hero and Adele. There are reports about a week or two ago now that there could be a third team that comes in just to take Tyler Hero since Portland would rather a third team jump in and trade something in return. So Portland gets something from that third team and Tyler Hero goes to that third team in exchange. So we'll see what happens here. But this trade I made here is just between Miami and Portland. I made this for fun just about a week or so ago now. I've made a couple of trade packages with Miami and Portland with Portland trading Lillard to the Heat. This one's just another one here that I made between the two teams. I didn't add a third team here, but... 
In this trade, I have Damian Lillard going to Miami. $45.6 million is his money. And then I have the Blazers getting Tyler Harrow, Duncan Robinson, Nikola Jovic, a 2027 first-round pick, a 2028 first-round pick swap, and then a 2029 first-round pick as well. According to reports, Portland wants at least four first-round picks and two quality players. So in that deal, they're getting three first-round picks with a player that was drafted in the first round a summer ago, and then also Tyler Harrow as well. So they are pretty much getting a good package there in this one, but it doesn't seem like they're really that interested, though, in a Tyler Harrow-scented package. So that's one I just made for fun. It's similar to some other ones I've made between Miami and Portland. Now I'm going to move on to another package I made, and this one is another one for fun. In my NBA offseason predictions, I predicted that the Chicago Bulls would trade either DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine. So I already made one trade package with Zach Levine going to the Sixers for fun. And here's another one. This one I just made a week ago with DeMar DeRozan going to the Clippers. He's friends with Paul George, so I'm sure Paul George would be psyched to see him on the Clippers. In this trade, I have DeMar DeRozan and Lonzo Ball going to the Clippers, adding up to $49.1 million as a total between those two players in yearly salary. DeRozan has one year left on his deal with $28.6 million. Lonzo Ball has two years left at $20.4 million each year. It's an expiring deal for DeMar DeRozan. And then for Lonzo Ball, his future is unknown. He is hurt and has had a tough injury over the last year or so where doctors and specialists around the country aren't really too sure of what his future will look like with his knee. Hopefully he can play this season, but there are no indications that he'll be able to play for sure. So we'll see what happens there. But in this trade, Chicago would be able to get him off of their cap alongside DeMar DeRozan. And then the Bulls, in exchange, would be getting Norman Powell, Marcus Morris, Amir Coffey, Nick Batum, Brandon Boston Jr., and a 2027 first-round pick. And I don't really want to trade Brandon Boston Jr. I think he's a certified bucket. I think he's a very good player. And I even have a Clippers friend that's a big fan of Brandon Boston Jr. So he's not going to really be too big of a fan of this trade. But in this deal, I just made this for fun. I don't think this is going to happen at all. But in that deal, I'm sure... The Bulls would want Norman Powell and then a young player as well. So Brandon Boston Jr. would be that young player. And then a 2027 first-round pick alongside Marcus Morris, Amir Coffey, and Nick Batum. So a lot of expiring contracts on that deal between Morris, Coffey, and Batum all expiring. Norman Powell does have a few years left on his contract. And then the Clippers rotation would be Russell Westbrook, DeMar DeRozan, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Avica Zubats. And then the bench would be Terrence Mann, Bones Highland, Kobe Brown, Kenyon Martin Jr., Robert Covington, Mason Plumley, and then potentially Lonzo Ball as well if he is traded in this trade. That's a hypothetical trade that I just made for fun. I made a couple of trades for fun between the Bulls and Sixes I made for fun. This one between the Bulls and Clippers I made for fun. And then I made one other one just for the sake of it, uh, just seeing what a package could look like for Kyle Anthony Towns to end up with the Clippers. I'll break down that package in just one second. But as for this Bulls-Clippers package... I think DeRozan would be a great addition to the Clippers on offense, especially Westbrook, DeRozan, George, Leonard, and Zoo. That's a great start in five there, but I think all signs point to the Clippers getting James Harden and not really going into the market for, let's say, DeMar DeRozan, Pascal Siakam. I think it's going to end up being James Harden on the Clippers. But this package I just made for the fun of it. Another package I made for fun is between the Clippers and the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I have the Clippers getting Kyle Anthony Towns in this trade. He has five years left on his deal at $36 million a year. I made this package just for fun because I saw he's been working out a lot with Paul George over the summer. They're really good friends. And I thought it would be fun to see him in a Clippers uniform. But I don't think this trade's going to happen either. But for the sake of it, I said, what would be the package that it would take to get Kyle Anthony Towns in a Clippers uniform? And this is the package I came up with. Norman Powell, Robert Covington, Terrence Mann, which is the hottest thing to trade here. I do not want to trade Terrence Mann in any trade package. But since it's a hypothetical trade... 
I don't think it's going to happen anyways. I said I'll add in Terrence Mann here since they're going to want a young player in return, even though Norman Powell is a good player and Robbie Covington's a very good rotation player as well. I think the Clippers would have to give up either Terrence Mann, Bowens Highland, Brandon Buster Jr. in a deal to get Kyle Anthony Towns on the Clippers. In this deal, I have Powell, Mann, Covington going to Minnesota, along with a first-round pick in 2028 and a first-round pick in 2030 for the Clippers. Once again, I've already said it now once or twice already, I do not want to trade Terrence Mann. I want him to stay in a Clippers uniform, but in this hypothetical deal, I don't see the Clippers getting Kyle Anthony Towns without trading Terrence Mann, especially considering Kyle Anthony Towns still has five years left on his current deal, so you're not going to get him for free. That's why there's two first-round picks going to the Timberwolves along with Terrence Mann, Robert Covington, and Norman Powell. So that would leave the Clippers with a starting lineup that would look like this. Russell Westbrook at point guard, Paul George at shooting guard, Kawhi Leonard at small forward, Cat at power forward, and then Zoo at center. That's a great starting five. And then off the bench, it would be Bones Highland, Kobe Brown, Kenyon Martin Jr., Nick Batum, Mason Plumley, and Brandon Boston Jr. That's a solid rotation off the bench as well. And I would love to see that happen. It would leave the Clippers, though, with a tough position next summer since they would have Cat under contract for another four seasons after this one ends. And then they'd also have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on player options for next year. And if they ultimately decide to opt in, one of those three pieces would have to be gone, unfortunately. And the way I feel is that I think Paul George and Kawhi Leonard will both opt out after this upcoming season ends. And maybe they could do a Patrice Bergeron-like move and come back for short of money like he did on a veteran minimum with the Bruins. I don't see them coming back for a veteran minimum, but maybe for less money so that the Clippers could still remain under the cap. And obviously with the new CBA kicking in next summer, the Clippers and every team in the NBA won't be able to have more than two Supermax deals on the same team. So the Clippers would have to figure something out next summer between Cat, Kawhi, and PG. I think both players opt out, as I said, between Kawhi and Paul George. I think you have a better chance of getting Paul George to come back on less money than you do Kawhi Leonard. So maybe Kawhi Leonard gets the Supermax deal, gets a ton of money in return from the Clippers, and then Paul George maybe comes back for less money. I think Paul George is very dedicated to try to bring back an NBA Finals ring to the Los Angeles Clippers. I think he is very dedicated in trying to bring back a championship to his home city of L.A. So we'll see what the Clippers end up doing next summer, but I would love to see them bringing back Paul George on another deal and Kawhi Leonard as well. But I just feel like all signs point to both these guys opting out, and I think there's a better chance for Paul George to come back than I, than I do think there is for Kawhi Leonard to come back. I think Kawhi Leonard will ultimately be gone from the Clippers after the season ends. And it's not that I hope that he's gone. I do hope Kawhi Leonard is back. But I do think there's a good chance that he does walk after this upcoming season ends. He'll opt out, and then we'll see what happens next summer. But... Now I'm going to break down another trade package, and this one is one that I made to land James Harden on the Clippers with P.J. Tucker. So in return, the Clippers would be trading Norman Powell, Nick Batum, Marcus Morris, a 2028 first-round pick, and a 2030 first-round pick as well. Originally, I went with the 2030 first-round pick swap, but I think just to make sure this deal happens, I think the Clippers would have to give up at least one first-round pick, and then maybe a 2030 first-round pick swap in this hypothetical package I made. I made it be a real 2030 first-round pick, since the Clippers would be getting P.J. Tucker in return as well. I think this deal would be good for the Clippers. You get James Harden in your starting rotation. You get P.J. Tucker as a rotation player off the bench. And then in return, the Sixers would be getting Norman Powell, who could help them win right now. A couple expiring contracts in Nick Batum and Marcus Morris. Two plays that can maybe help them on offense right now, and especially help them spread the floor shooting-wise. And then they'd also be getting a first-round pick in 2028, and then either a first-round pick or a first-round pick swap in 2030. As I said, not really too sure of what the cost is going to be for draft picks there. It seems like 
it'll be at least one first-round pick, and I added in a second one here, whether it's a real draft pick that the Philadelphia 76ers will own or it's a swap. Regardless, I did it just to make sure James Harden is on the Clippers. So we'll see what happens, obviously, with the James Harden situation. According to reports, though, over the last day or so, the 76ers and the Clippers will re-engage on trade talks as James Harden still wants to be traded to the Clippers, and Daryl Morey is expected to fulfill his wish of getting him on the Clippers at some point. So we'll see what the package is that would make this happen. I think Daryl Morey still will look around for other teams that might be interested to see if he can get a better package. But I think Clippers have a very good package to offer, especially considering they have a lot of depth on their team, a lot of players they could move, expiring contracts, and have some draft picks that they could move in the future, like the 2028 first-round pick that I have moving to Philadelphia in this deal. So just to recap what I have going to and from in this deal, I have the Clippers sending Powell, Batum, Morris, a 2028 first and a 2030 first round pick to Philadelphia. And I have the Clippers receiving James Harden and P.J. Tucker in return. This would leave the Clippers with a starting lineup that's lethal. Russell Westbrook, James Harden, which this would be their third time as teammates, started the current Oklahoma City. They were teammates in Houston, and this would be their third time being teammates on the Clippers. So that would be a lethal one-two punch in the backcourt right there between Russell Westbrook and James Harden. And then at small forward, it would be Paul George. Power forward would be Kawhi Leonard. And center would be Avica Zubats. The Clippers backup point guard would be Bones Highland. Terrence Mann would be the backup shooting guard. KJ Martin is the backup small forward. PJ Tucker would be the backup power forward. And then Mason Plumlee would be the backup center. And then the Clippers' third line would be Xavier Moon at point guard. I think he's done enough in the summer league this summer to get himself a contract and a roster spot on this Clippers team. Brandon Boston Jr. would be the shooting guard for the Clippers in the third line. Then Amir Coffey would be the third line small forward. I have Kobe Brown listed as the third line power forward right now, but I think he's going to be better than that. But I just made a whole table here of the depth chart for the Clippers, and he was the third one listed there. And then at center, it would be Robert Covington as the third line center there for the Clippers. So the point guards on the Clippers would be Russell Westbrook, Bones Highland, and Xavier Moon. Shooting guards would be James Harden, Terrence Maynard, Brandon Boston Jr. Small forwards would be Paul George, KJ Martin, and Amir Coffey. Power forward would be Kawhi Leonard, P.J. Tucker, and Kobe Brown. And then center would be Avica Zubats, Mason Plumlee, and Robert Covington. I mean, as, as I said, this is just a depth chart that I made for fun. It could obviously be a lot different by opening night. But this is a trade that I made just to get James Harden on the clips. I think P.J. Tucker would be a great addition. Plays hard-nosed basketball, gives it his all every single possession. Can shoot some threes and plays very good defense. Something that this clip is starting lineup does very well. Paul George, very good defender. Kawhi Leonard, very good defender. And Russell Westbrook showed a lot defensively this year in the playoffs for the Clippers. James Harden doesn't really have to be too good a defender considering he has Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on the floor with them at all times if he is a clipper at the end of the day. And those two guys could take the two best players on the opposing team. So James Harden wouldn't really have too hard of an assignment defensively. Since James Harden would really just be on this Clippers team for his ability on offense and his ability to space the floor and his ability to make plays. A great playmaker still and led the league in assists per game this past season in Philadelphia. So one thing I mentioned already in this episode is the potential chance that Kawhi Leonard does opt out after this upcoming season is over. And according to reports, extension talks between the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard are quiet, and there is no rush right now for the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard to reach a new deal on an extension. The Clippers, to some degree, are hoping that Kawhi Leonard would come back to the Clippers on a deal that's less than a max deal, just like Paul George. They're hoping that both of those players would go back to the Clippers on a deal that's less than the max contracts. But I think both of these guys are going to opt out. And I think Kawhi Leonard is more likely to ask for a max contract if he is going to stay in L.A. I get the vibe that Paul George would love just to run it back in L.A. 
for another few seasons and try to bring back a championship to the city of LA, even if that means taking less of money. I think he really likes this core that's there between Terrence Mann, Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, Avica Zubats. I think he wants to stay in LA, even if that means he has to take less money than the max contract would be. I think there's a better chance of him taking less money, as I said, than Kawhi Leonard. I think Paul George is a great team leader. I get the vibe from him that he wants to win LA. He's happy here and wants to bring back a championship to the Clippers. I think Kawhi Leonard wants to bring back a championship to the Clippers as well. But at the same time, obviously he's had tough luck here with the Clippers with injuries. Maybe there's a chance he just wants to mix things up and wants to leave at the end of this upcoming season. Both George and Leonard are two elite players, two of the most talented players in the NBA, but it just seems like every single year when things are going right, one of them gets hurt, there's a tough play, one of them goes down, and then the season and all the expectations that we've built up just completely fall to the ground when one of them does go down. Even though they've found a way to still stay afloat when just one of them is on the floor, they still have a positive record when it's just Kawhi Leonard or just Paul George. You need both of these guys healthy at the same time in April, in May, in June to try to make a run and win the NBA Finals. And obviously we haven't seen that yet during the tenure with the Clippers, but I think this season could be different. Paul George did just say, to mock his words that he's going to be bullying guys out there next season on the court. And I think that's legit. I think if Kawhi Leonard and Paul George can stay healthy, this championship window is always going to be open when those two guys are on the same floor together, no matter who the depth is around them, who's on the floor with them. When you have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George together, obviously the championship expectations are still there. You just need them both healthy at the same time. So now I'm going to give a breakdown of their record together while they are healthy. They are 83-35 and 35 during the regular season when healthy together. When Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are on the floor together during the regular season, they're 83-35 and 35 with a 7.03 win percentage, which is exceptional. 83 wins, 35 losses when playing together in the regular season at the same time, a 7.03 win percentage. When it's just Kawhi Leonard, the Clippers have a 27-16 and 16 record in the regular season with a 6.28 win percentage. When it's just Paul George, 39-32 and 32 with a 5.49 win percentage. When neither of those players play, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, when they're both on the bench, and aren't playing and are both inactive, the Clippers are just 33-43, and 43, 10 games under 500, which is impressive that you can still be 10 games under 500 without your two best players and two of the most talented players in the sport. That 33-43 and 43 record when neither one of them play is a 434 win percentage. When Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are on the floor together in the playoffs, they had 13-11 and 11 together with a 542 win percentage. It just seems like every year that one of them is always hurt, and it's always when the Clippers are really turning things around, getting back on track, one of them goes down. Like this past season... Things were going right. The Clippers were looking great. They had three or four games in a row where Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were just taking over, driving down the lane, dunking. They weren't really just shooting from the perimeter anymore. They were attacking the rim, playing aggressive defense. Paul George even had a mid-game 360 dunk under the rim. And then in that same game, Paul George goes down with a knee injury, and that's the end of his season. And there goes the Clippers' expectations of winning an NBA Finals. And they've only played 24 playoff games together over the four seasons they've been in L.A. together. Just just 24 playoff games. 13-11 and 11 record, 542 win percentage in those 24 games. If you combine the regular season and the postseason, when they're both on the floor together, the Clips are 96-46 and 46 with a 676 win percentage. So I know a lot of people always love to say, oh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard always get hurt. They're never going to win. Imagine if they do stay healthy, though. And I know that's a big hypothetical, keeping these two guys healthy. But if the Clippers could somehow find a way to have these guys both healthy in April together and both be conditioned enough to play every single night in the playoffs, the sky is the limit for this team. But injuries are a big question with these two. Paul George has missed 119 of 308 possible regular season games over the last four seasons, which is 38% of potential regular season games he has missed as a Clipper. And then Kawhi Leonard has missed 147 of the 308 regular season games in the last four years, which is a 48% total of games that he's missed during his time with the Clippers. 
So Kawhi Leonard's missed 48% of the regular season in four years, and then Paul George has missed 38%. You need these two guys to stay healthy. And that's one thing that Ty Lu said the other day on a podcast with Matt Bonds and Steven Jackson. The podcast is called All the Smoke, and here is Ty Lu breaking down his thoughts on the regular season and what Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have to do to be ready for playoff basketball this upcoming season. Here's the clip. Oh, but one thing I do... You know, one thing I told Kawhi and PG this summer, like, we do got to approach the regular season in a different way. Like, we got to be, you know, approach the regular season, like, let's be serious about it. Let's mm-hmm. not wait to the playoffs. Yeah, or matter. Yeah, because it matters. Like, who you get matched up with, have a home court advantage, yeah. not fighting the last 10 games of the season. Yeah. You know, now, you can, now you can get yourself together mm-hmm. and be ready for the playoffs. And so they both understood that as well. The best part of the clip is that Ty Lue does acknowledge the urgency the Clips have to play with this upcoming season. He knows they have to switch things up and make an adjustment from the way they performed over the last few seasons. Obviously, all four years that the Clippers have had Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, things really haven't gone their way in the playoffs. They did have one very good Western Conference Finals run in 2021, the first time ever the Clippers made it to the Western Conference Finals. But now they're looking for more. They want to win the NBA Finals. That's what Paul George and Kawhi Leonard went to Los Angeles for. They went there with the dream of bringing home an NBA Finals title to the Los Angeles Clippers franchise. And obviously that hasn't happened yet, but they see the sense of urgency this upcoming season. They have to make adjustments and change. When you're in the deep end, are you going to swim or are you going to drown? The Clippers have to figure out what they want to do, and at the end of the day, they have to adjust. If you want to be able to swim, you have to adjust. That's what Clippers are doing here, and that's what Ty Lue's plan is for this regular season coming up. And Ty Lue understands the urgency as well. He sees there only being one year guaranteed left of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard being on the Clippers. There's only one year left on Ty Lue's contract as well. It really is just a go-win-it-right-now season for the Clippers. That's why I want James Harden on the Clippers more than anything. Because I think after this upcoming season ends, once Paul George and Kawhi Leonard end up leaving, if they do end up leaving, then their window is over with. Because they're going to have not many draft picks to build around. And once Paul George and Kawhi Leonard leave, they're ultimately probably not going to get traded. I mean, there is a potential chance the Clippers maybe do blow things up at the trade deadline this year. If they were struggling, maybe they'd be like the Brooklyn Nets and say, we're not going to win the NBA Finals this year, so let's trade Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I don't see the Clippers doing that at the trade deadline, but the only reason the Clippers can win an NBA Finals is because they have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on this team. And I know, as I've said now a million times, they haven't been able to stay healthy. When you have these two guys on the roster at the same time, you do have a chance of winning the NBA Finals. And a good one, I should say. I think you should add James Harden because I think the window for the Clippers to win the NBA Finals is closing, and it's closing quick. It's closing very fast. They have to make an adjustment right now and try to win this upcoming season. Even if that means trading some young pieces or future draft picks just to try to make that happen right now. You've gone all in for four years, spent more money than just about any team in the NBA besides the Golden State Warriors. They have some championships to show for it. The Clippers don't. So we'll see what they do, but they do have to attack the regular season. And another thing I want to mention here was that obviously Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have missed a ton of games. And there's been a huge resume of major injuries between Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. But there are some games they take off, like back-to-backs, or they do load management nights. And that's not really a decision of Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, or Ty Lue. That's a decision of the Clippers medical staff. And a lot of people love to blame Paul George and Kawhi Leonard for sitting out games. It's not their decision at the end of the day. Sometimes the medical staff saying, hey, don't play tonight. It's too much wear and tear on your knee after playing 45 minutes last night. You have to take this night off. When there's minute restrictions or load management decisions, a lot of the time it's not Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, or Ty Lue. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are athletes. They want to play. They want to get out there, and they want to win. That's a reality. They want to win. They're not playing to sit on the bench and not play when the Clippers need the most. They both want to be in the lineup. So one last thing I'm going to talk about here before I close the episode is Pascal Siakam, the situation between Siakam and the Toronto Raptors. Currently, he's eligible for a four-year, 192 contract extension with Toronto. 
He can get up to 30% of the team's cap now with an extension either now or next summer as a free agent. According to reports, though, they have not discussed an extension, so he could be moved. The Hawks did just offer a package of A.J. Griffin, DeAndre Hunter, and draft picks to Toronto in exchange for Pascal Siakam. But the Raptors want more in return, so I made a package of fun that would send Siakam to another team. And I have him going to the Indiana Pacers in this hypothetical deal, a team that has a ton of draft picks over the next seven years, including all seven of their own first-round picks. And they also have a nice mix of role players and some young talent as well that they could move in a potential deal for anybody they'd want in this day of them getting Pascal Siakam and helping them out in the paint. So in return, they'd be getting Pascal Siakam, who is on a one-year deal now with $37.9 million left on his current contract. And then in exchange, Toronto would receive Buddy Hield, Daniel Tice, Aaron Neesmith, a 2026 first-round pick, and a 2028 first-round pick from the Indiana Pacers. So two first-round picks from Indiana, along with Buddy Hield, Daniel Tice, and Aaron Neesmith. Those three players, Hale, Tice, and Neesmith, combined for $34 million. And as for Siakam's money, he's at $37.9 million. That would leave Indiana with this starting lineup. A very good starting lineup, I should say. Tyrese Halliburton at the point guard position. Shooting guard Bruce Brown, who got paid heavily this offseason in free agency after winning the NBA Finals with Denver. Small forward Benedict Matherin, former first-round pick, top pick to Indiana last summer. Power forward would be Pascal Siakam. And then their center would be Miles Turner, one of the best shot blockers in the game of basketball. A great rim protector there. And then the bench would be rookie Jairus Walker, Obi Toppin, TJ McConnell, Jordan Inwara, and George Hill. That's a solid rotation there to help them compete in the East. Halliburton, Brown, Matherin, Siakam, and Turner. That's a solid starting five. And they have some decent depth there on the bench as well. I think Indiana would be a great landing spot for Pascal Siakam. I would have said the Utah Jazz, but they just traded for John Collins over the summer already, so they don't really need another power forward. But I think Siakam would be a good fit there as well if they didn't have John Collins. I think Indiana would be my next best option for Pascal Siakam. Anyways, I will conclude this episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it and hope you guys have a good one. Thank you, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.